All right, episode 50 of What's the Value? Feels like an accomplishment. Maybe it just means I have too much time on my hands, but but it feels like something. But anyways, uh, today's episode is with John Ballas. Um, John, I, I came across John because he has a documentary that he created called Leaving God, uh, which is intriguing <laughs> right right off the bat. Uh, and obviously, you know, a show like this, philosophical, what's the value? God comes up a lot. You, got, you guys have heard numerous different guests talk about God in different forms, right? Some have it as the number one value for them, uh, faith, spirituality, some question it and, and, and don't agree with it and don't believe God's real and think it's hurtful, all, all sorts of different things across the spectrum. John is someone who's interesting though, because he, he's kind of seen both sides and been on both sides of it. He, he grew up um, in a pretty strict Catholic household in the sixties at a time where you really didn't question. You just went to church every Sunday. Um, you didn't know why you didn't necessarily know what they were saying, at least in his case, but you just, you went, and you did it. Um, your parents didn't necessarily have all the answers, you, you, but you didn't question it. You just went. Um, so John started at that point, but, but his value, which took us a little bit to get to, but of, of curiosity, which I would call it, led him to just question these things from a very early age. But he wasn't the person, you know, where he started questioning and instantly just turned it off and said, this is bullshit. You know, religion, God isn't for me. Uh, you'll actually see through the documentary in this conversation, he spent a lot of time grappling with it, trying to make sense of it and understand what, what, what is God? Is God real? What is the value of church and religion? Um, is there anything to it? And, um, you know, at one point he, he's a, he's a marketer and advertising person by trade. Uh, he actually spent some time advertising, trying to sell God to other people. So he's really seen it from a number of different perspectives. So it was interesting to hear his story. I will say too, what I really enjoyed about this conversation is, and you'll hear it <laughs> in the conversation. Um, you know, I, I played some devil's advocate, no, no pun intended, but the, the idea of, you know, John's point being that there's too many questions that, that religion and the church can't answer. And that's, that's the fundamental problem. We explored that to say, um, you know, are we consistent in that? And I say we because I think John and I both value curiosity and, and, and also science and, and being data driven. But when we think about science or other secular approaches to life, do, do we bring the same energy? Do, do we Are we as consistent in our skepticism of that as we are with religion? There's things about science that we don't understand or can't explain, but we trust somebody else that tells us it's true and we live by it. Well, if you kind of squint your eyes and turn a little bit, that kind of sounds and looks a little bit like religion. So, so we talked about that and, uh, and John didn't necessarily agree. And we went kind of back and forth, which is cool. That's exactly what we hope for. Uh, we also talked a little bit about marketing and advertising in general and the idea of, is, is it okay? Like the idea that you're trying to influence or convince somebody to believe something, uh, is that something that we're okay with? So we, we talked about that too. So really interesting conversation. Really appreciated having John on. I recommend you check out his documentary if you're interested in, in the topic um, of, of people starting to question more and, and start to move maybe away from the church and religion and God, uh, as John did. Um, so with that, let's get into the episode. All right, John, thank you so much for being on. Very, very much appreciated. Uh, excited for the conversation. And I will dive right into the first question of what's the value that's most important to you and guides your life? Well, the answer to that question is there isn't just one value that guides my life. There's many values that guide my life. So uh, it would be impossible for me to pick just one. And uh, in thinking about coming on this podcast, I, I thought about the question and things like, for me, things like uh, integrity come up. Um, fitness and well-being i like to stay in shape physically but not just physically also um 
mentally and emotionally. Um, so uh, that kind of fitness is important to me uh, to be clear sound, you know, sound mind and body. I think there's something uh, uh, philosophically that, that uh, references that. And uh, I also think back to what I wrote in my high school yearbook um, when I was 18, I guess. And my quote was where there's a will, there's a way. And when I think back about that, that really hasn't changed a whole lot for me. Mm. I'm 67 now. And in all those years, uh, that attitude, that perspective when I was graduating high school remains pretty true to me now, because I really do believe that um, if there's something, at least for me, something that I want bad enough, I will figure out a way to try to achieve it. Mm. So it's interesting, John, because I, I, I get it totally, the idea that there, it's hard, it's hard, if not impossible, to pick one. But I do have, I don't know if I call it a hypothesis, but part of the reason I asked that question in the beginning, I've said this before, is that I think that, so, so taking even what you said, right, integrity, um, mental, physical health, um, that belief that, you know, if you work hard enough, you'll achieve something, all of that in some ways, it needs to be underpinned by something. There needs to be a reason why integrity is important, right? It's, a, it's somewhat of a means to an end. It, it may be. Um, you know, wh why is it that you want to have integrity? Why is it that you want to have a sound mind and body? Why is it that you want to have a work ethic to go after the things you, you want to get in life? Is it, you know, and you can kind of think of two ends of the spectrum, possibly. One, one end is it's, it's very almost pure hedonistic pleasure. I just enjoy it. <laughs> I, I, it makes me feel good. Um, I like getting things that I want and, and that type of thing. Um, or it could go a different direction where it's more, and I know this gets into a bit of the documentary you made, but you know, for some people it's, I want to get into heaven. I just want to live a life aligned with religion. What would you say is your fundamental why, if you zoom all the way out, why those things that you mentioned even matter to you? Well, for me, uh, I am a product of the parents that raised me. Okay. So a lot of what I'm sharing about these values come from what I was taught. And I feel very, very fortunate that uh, I had parents, and especially a father, who kind of stressed these values for me. And, you know, why he, you know, it's, it's kind of why is integrity important? Um, I, the essence of that, I think, at least the message I got from my dad was, just kind of to be a good person, you know? I mean, I, it, it sounds goofy because everyone's got their idea of what a quote, good person means. But I just know that that kind of, I was indoctrinated to that kind of thinking growing up. He would, he would stress the value of things like, like that, like integrity. Mm. So um, for me, that's kind of why, uh, I, I, I just think it's, I just think it's, you're going to be happier if you're, if you're truthful, if you don't go around bullshitting people, mm. do you know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, I, I don't, I don't, there's no, for me, there's no deep philosophical uh, explanation for that. To me, it's just common sense. The less you bullshit other people and yourself, I might add, I think the, the, the better, more satisfying life you'll have because you're dealing with truth. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because it, it makes a connection right off the bat, as you said, right? And I think I'm similar. Many people are. We're a product of our environment, our parents, you know, whoever it is that raised us and taught us things. I'm curious for you, particularly you, you know, coming from an advertising marketing background, which I'm sure we'll get into. 
um, in some ways, it, it's, a, it's a similar dynamic there where somebody is convincing somebody of something and hoping that they adopt it or purchase it or believe it or whatever it is. And it gets into, as we talked about a little bit in the pre-show, this interesting question of um, how okay are we with that, right? Is it, is it okay to indoctrinate? Is it okay to manipulate, influence, convince somebody to believe something? And obviously when you think of it with a, with a father and a son and they're teaching about integrity, it feels like, okay, that's okay. Versus maybe if you're selling a product that's harmful to people, then it's more problematic. But I guess I'll start that loaded question with for you, how much have you questioned those things that you've learned? I know you seem to be a person who questions a lot in life. Um, how much have you questioned the things your parents taught you? How much have you questioned those things along the way to say, yeah, actually, it's not just that somebody told me this and I just accepted it and I believed it, but I've actually right. proven out for myself that this is what's really important to me and matters to me. Yeah, well, there are certainly many things. I'm, I'm a very questioning guy. Um, I, I don't know if you call that a value, curiosity, inquisitiveness, sure, I would. <laughs> you know, seek, seeker of the truth. I guess is another way to put it. So uh, I, I didn't um, just do things because I was told they were good things to do. Um, I, I, when you're a little kid and you're, you're told things, your first reaction is to try to do what you're told for the most part, not, not all the time, but for the most part, because you just realize you're, you know, these are your parents, they, they, they tell you things and you, you uh, you assume they know what they're talking about, which is not always the case, obviously. Um, and what, a lot of the stuff that I was taught uh, regarding religion, uh, as we might get into uh, later on, because I, I shared my documentary with you. I was, when I was, um, I guess, seven or eight years old, my parents stuck me in catechism. I grew up Catholic. And uh, I started uh, being, lack of a better word, programmed. And uh, there wasn't a whole lot of logic to it. There was just uh, things that they told you, the nuns, in my case, told me that were true, and I had to memorize them. And that was kind of a crazy experience, especially for a child who's seven or eight years old, to start learning things like thou shall not covet thy neighbor's wife. Like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> right. So um, how did you process that at eight years? Old? Like, what, how did your mind make sense of it? If at all, you, you don't, you can't, you know, I, I know a lot of people, you know, of any age, they still don't know what the word covet means. You know what I'm saying? So, if, you yeah. know, never mind being eight years old trying to understand what the hell thou shall not cover thy give me a freaking break <laughs> i mean seriously this is this is the problem i have with religion uh in general because every religion has their things that you're supposed to believe and memorize and don't challenge so um so it it was that sort of thing that i didn't really start questioning until i got in high school i mean i never liked going to church uh simply for the reason um when i was younger i hated dressing up mm. my parents would always force me. this was in the 60s and uh catholicism in the 60s was a very formal experience so it was it was a, a weekly uh ritual 
to put on the jacket and tie, which I just hated. And then you sit in this dark, damp uh, church. And back then things were in Latin. Half of the mass was in Latin. So it was, I mean, looking back, it was insane. Mm. There's really no other word for it. It was insane. And uh, so- Can I ask I John, from, from the extent you want to go there, what do you think, wh why do you think, there's an obvious answer, maybe we'll get deeper than it. Why do you think your parents brought you there? Was it just that they had been indoctrinated and thought this is the right thing to do? Of course. And to be fair, right, was there any benefits you took from it, right? Was there things that you said, or maybe you felt in hindsight, I, I get it, like there was some positives that came out of that, or do you think ultimately it was just, it, your life would have been better off had you never had that experience having to go through? Um, I think my life would have been better off had I had not had that experience. Mm. Um, Again, this is just me. I'm not, yeah, yeah, I'm not cool. trashing religion. A lot of people are going to hear this and react and say that guy's full of shit and blah, blah, blah. And he doesn't really know God. And, you know, I get that that's a trip they're on. So um, for me, that experience was pretty screwed up, especially to, to, to try to lay that on a child and expect that they're going to um, get some kind of value out of that. Um, and so for me, again, religion is very different now. I think the, the, the better religions have learned how to evolve with the times and do things in a way that's more digestible. But back then for me, um, that was something I began questioning as soon as I was old enough to start thinking mm. for myself, critical thinking, which I, I guess just genetically most human beings do once they kind of start maturing and hit, hit the ages of teenagers, they start questioning that, right? That's when they start uh, dressing differently and becoming, I, you know, figuring out who they yeah. are as individuals and wear their hairstyles and get their tattoos and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's when I started questioning it. And that's when I started, um, giving my parents a harder time about dragging me to church. What, what were you questioning in particular? Was it the existence of God in general? Was it the church itself and the institution? Yeah, it was, it, back then, um, Terry, it was more uh, the point of going to church. I didn't quite see the point of it. What was there? Did, did it, was it conversational? Like, did they give you an explanation as to what they thought the point was? Like, what was their I don't think they really knew what the point was either, other than you're supposed to do it as a good Catholic. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was so it was so ritualized and so much part of their tradition. It was kind of baked in their DNA as good Catholic parents. This is what you do. The rules and regulations. I mean, back yeah. then we, we couldn't eat fish on Friday for mm -hmm. some reason. Again, I'm dating myself by saying all this yeah. stuff. Yeah, I remember it. So, you know, if I asked them why, they would say, I'm not sure they would, be able to give me a good explanation why and what's your best guess of that is it that they were you know you 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 seem to be a smart critical thinking person you said they instilled a lot of good values and you did they just never think about it you think or was it that it was just fear of going to hell it was like that fear is too great so i'm not going to question this um what, what do you think allowed them to not really have answers to those questions the environment that they lived in this was this was the 60s catholicism in the 60s it's just what it was and this is just the way it was mm. do you know what i'm saying uh their catholic friends did it uh they were taught to do it i, I assume their parents did it um so this is what they were taught 
and um, this is what God wants, and this is what the religion says. And um, I don't think a lot of people challenged things back then. You know, one of the reasons I, I mentioned that I've challenged things and many other people are challenging things, I think, is the Internet because it exposes you to more information at your fingertips than you ever, ever had access to. Mm. So um, had the internet been, been around back then, they might have begun questioning things as well. But back then, this was just baked into their relig religious perspective. And I don't think they gave it a lot of thought. What's interesting too, back to you in this, you know, through the documentary, which is really interesting. I'll, I'll put the link obviously in the, in the show notes. Um, so you started questioning in high school, but, but your relationship with the church continued, right. In, in different ways, but, but through your adult years, um, even through your professional career, where you actually did some marketing for the church that you went to, how did, how did that work? Like at that point you were questioning, and I know you talk about it in the documentary, you were kind of, it was kind of ongoing questioning as you went through, what was that? like for you? Was it a lot of grappling in your own head of like, should I be doing this? Is this right? Um, was it just an evolutionary process that eventually you hit a point which said, ah, this is too much, you know, this isn't the right way to do it. How, how did that work out for you in that, those, those periods? Well, period? um, even before I, I left home, and went to college, um, because of my resistance in high school, uh, I think my parents finally decided it was a losing battle to go through the argument every Sunday morning <laughs> about get your suit on. <laughs> and so uh, they, they kind of gave up. So because um, at, at that point, when I started asking them why they did, they, they, I don't recall that they had a great answer. Mm. So um, it was kind of funny because that gave them an excuse not to go as well. Uh, they figured, well, if we can't get the kids to go, then, you know, screw it. We won't go either. I think. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's kind of looking back, it's kind of, I see you smiling. It, it was it thinking back on it. It is pretty funny because um, it gave them an excuse to do other things on Sunday morning. Uh, and my dad worked hard. So, you know, they have that extra hour and 20 minutes on a Sunday morning to read the paper or, you know, relax or, you know, work in the yard to him was, was Big deal. fine with him. Yeah. Um, but what so, kept you though? What kept you with the church still? Cause you still did maintain a relationship. Well, uh, so that was the end of my Catholic church experience. Okay. So the Catholic got it. So uh, that was the last time I, I, I moved. I went to college. I wasn't going to church in college. Um, and then um, it was always in the back of my mind, my, my, my questions about God uh, was one of the, you know, the, I always was interested in the big themes in life. I wanted to know as much as possible, as soon as possible about the big things in life. And what are the big things in life? Um, money, health, uh, relationships, love and sex. Um, and um, and God. So I wanted to get to the bottom as soon as possible of all those big things. So I, I continued my questioning uh, about uh, God and I started um, reading books uh, related to spirituality. I don't recall exactly what I was reading at the time, but I actually um, 
I think it was in the 70s, maybe, uh, a big thing was the Good News Bible, mm. which was a, um, an interpretation of the Bible. It was called the Good News Bible that you could actually understand. And I think it came out right around um, during my college years or maybe the early 80s or something like that. So since religion and God was all about the Bible, I said, well, let me start with that. So that was one of the, the books I read. And then whatever the popular books were at the time, you know, there's always uh, books that come out in the culture, pop culture books that deal with religion and God and stuff like that. So um, I was reading, um, you know, a lot of them combined psychology. I can't, yeah. I'm trying to think back. Um, of the books that were um, big at the time, you know, Chicken Soup for the Soul, you know, uh, in the 90s, you know, in the 90s was a big time for all these pseudo spiritual books yeah. that came out. And at this point, are you, do you, do you believe like when you're reading this then now, do you believe God exists? Well, then, it, then, yeah, I, okay. I, 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 I believed in God, but <clears throat> I, I didn't still, I had a lot of questions because a lot of what I, what I was taught to be, what is a correct understanding of God still didn't make a lot of sense. you got the father, you've got the son, you've got the Holy spirit. It's like three in one. And what's the difference and how does that happen? And, and, you know, is there really a heaven? I mean, just, I mean, there are just so many questions, so many things that didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, you know, things like be kind to your fellow, fellow man and respect and the golden rule that I could understand. Mm. But a lot, a lot of this other stuff that dealt with the supernatural aspect of God, to me, just uh, brought up more questions the more I thought about it. So um, I think I, um, I was living, I, after college, I went down to Atlanta, and um, things are pretty conservative down there. I don't recall if I may have tried a couple of churches down there. Um, but you get the, the evangelical flavor of things down there a little bit. Um, and then in Chicago, I remember trying to seek out, I would go through periods where I wouldn't think about it for a few months and then something would happen and it would, it would kick in that desire to kind of get to the bottom of it. So then I would be more proactive mm. about, uh, talking to people and finding out what they're up to and checking out a church or two. Um, but it was when, in addition to these books, I um, stumbled on a couple of TV ministers uh, in the early 80s. I was living in Chicago at the time. Uh, one in particular that I remember was on every Sunday morning. And that was a guy named Robert Schuler, who was broadcasting out of um, Southern California at a place called the Crystal Cathedral. And um, he was kind of like the Joel Olstein of the early 80s, um, but he wasn't quite as evangelical as uh, Joel is. He was, because he was a California guy, he was a little bit uh, hipper, for lack of better expression, more California. So um, it was more about just feeling good and feeling positive, which, you know, Joel talks about too. I can understand why people enjoy Joel Olstein because uh, if you don't feel better after listening to him talk, you're not going to continue listening, right? 
So the, the goal for any minister is, is not to scare you. I think they realize that now. I don't think they realized it so much that scare tactics rarely work. Mm. Uh, they, that was big in the 60s. I think they kind of wised up a little bit and realized that that's not going to work so well anymore, even though there's still a lot of hardcore ev evangelicals that still are pretty hardcore with that uh, heaven and hell stuff, right? Um, which is why there's organizations like Recovering from Religion now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, anyway, Bro Robert Schuler was great because um, he was entertaining. He was upbeat. He, he was, had a great sense of humor. Occasionally, he would have some celebrities on uh, uh, from Southern California uh, that would give their testimony and stuff like that. So it was a really... Um, it was something I look forward to listening to every Sunday and it, you know, very different from Catholic, um, but it was still, you know, based on God and things like that. So that's kind of what I was into for a few years. What, what was the value you got most out of that? I know you're alluding to it. What, had God not been a part of it at all, do you think it would have been as attractive to you and, and you would have gotten as much value from it? Or is it, did it have to have that spiritual God component just maybe positioned or viewed in a different way than the Catholic church's example? Um, I don't, I don't know whether it had to or not, but because he was a minister um, and I still believed in God, for me, it was a much more digestible um, presentation yeah. of what God, because underneath everything he said was the theme of God, God right? And that gets to the interesting question too, right? That, that your documentary and, and even just your work in marketing and advertising, as we talked about before, there's a, there's, a, there's a way to look at this and say, that's a problem, right? The whole idea of selling God, of, of convincing people, right? Bringing on celebrities, making it entertaining compared to how it was done in the 60s or maybe even earlier where it was just, no, 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 this is the story. You follow it or you go to hell, right? There's a, there's a, there's a view of that that's, that seems wrong. Like you shouldn't be selling God. You shouldn't be convincing people of that. But I could see another side, which says, hey, if there's something good here, there's something good to it, and you appreciate this as a marketer, you need to get people to listen first. You need to get their attention. Where, where do you land on that? Like, where do you land on that when it comes to religion, I guess, to start with? Is it something that you should be convincing people and using entertainment and all different tactics to get people bought in? Is, is that okay? Are you okay with that? If you want to make a living at it, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that seems wrong, right? Yeah, I mean, to make a living. The, the most, I mean, you want to look at you want to look at someone that could say again. I said say again, not Terry. It, it seems like that is wrong <laughs> to, to make a living off of God inherently. That seems bad. Maybe it's not. Maybe I'm thinking of it wrong, but that seems to have a negative connotation to me, right? If 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 your objective is more about making a living or making money than it is about the the, the virtues and the beliefs and the commandments or whatever it is around God, that seems to be in conflict. Well, no minister is ever going to admit that it's more about that. Right. It may be, but they're never going to admit it. So is it is it is it objectively wrong to do it then? Like what what would be the right way? I don't I judge it, Terry. I you know what a, what some guy wants to do if he wants to make a living trying to sell God, go for it. You know, go for it. I, I don't you know as as long as it doesn't screw with my life. Mm. I don't really care what other people do. The only time it bothers me is when it starts getting political. Hmm. So when they, you know, when they cross that line between church and state, 
which they often do, that's when I have a problem with it because then it affects my life. Mm. Mm. You know, if the minister goes up there and says, you don't really need to get uh, vaccinated for, for COVID because just pray about it, then I've got a problem. Yeah, and that's a tricky one, right? I mean, I get that, obviously, I get that. But I'm sure you know people through your history, you know, who would say it is, I don't know, offensive to question that. And, and there's a part of me, I, I like to follow science. I like to be data-driven and analytical. But there is a part of me that says, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe God is real. Maybe there is something to that. How do you, what, what, what causes that line to be crossed for you where you feel confident to say that's, that's going too far? Right. Because I think you said you believe there may be a God or there is a God. How do you know? How do you know? For at those that, people at that, that really... at that time, at that, I'm talking okay. about the 80s now. OK, so that was uh, 40 years ago. So now you no longer believe in God. I, I don't believe in a supernatural God now. OK, what do you what, what, what do you think God is, if anything, now? A creation of man man-made cre concept a man creation created. you know that we were taught that that god made man i think that's backwards man -made you know god. based on um thinking about this for as long as i have which is since high school till now is about 50 years uh so uh in the 50 years and especially in the past 25 years when i really started digging deeper when the internet came on and i really um uh, I kind of ramped up my curiosity and started uh, really, uh, via, again, via the internet, started digging deeper um, and watching History Channel things on, uh, you know, the, the true meaning of the, the, the historical perspective of God in the Bible. It's much easier. Uh, and, you know, you get the benefit of the, all the research uh, that the History Channel has done and all the, the um, Bible scholars and anth uh, anthropologists and scientists and theologians that they've interviewed, you know, it's, it's educational. Mm. Um, and it's not skewed. It's not like you're, you're listening to the 700 Club, you know, where the whole agenda is to reinforce a, a Christian perspective. Do you ever worry? Because I agree, I get that completely. Um, that that idea, and I think there's definitely risk of that, right? It, we're humans, and we're flawed in that. Do you ever consider the other side, though, where the people, not necessarily trying to disprove that God exists, but even those, like you mentioned, the History Channel, they are also humans who have maybe been indoctrinated in their own way with a with a deep belief in science and, and research, and maybe that's good. Um, but some of these questions we can't answer, right? Like, who, who, why did the Big Bang happen? Even if you believe in in the science of it, and it's the Big Bang, right? A lot of science can't answer, can't answer now. A lot of those. Can't answer now. Fair, fair. A um, hundred years ago, we couldn't answer how to get, uh, how to fly. Hmm. Okay, you know, four hundred years ago, uh, talking about flying is like talking about the Big Bang theory now. Hmm. So you, you think know, there we, is an answer? You think science will be able to explain? In time, something? I think there's always a scientific answer for everything. In time. Hmm. I mean, uh, the reason why God was invented, in my opinion, is specifically because people couldn't answer questions like the Big Bang, like hmm. what we're doing now. They couldn't answer um, what fire was, why, the, the, you know, why, why there was lightning. So they created a God. Okay. Zeus. 
-hmm. there's <laughs> there's some mm -hmm. guy up there throwing lightning bolts mm -hmm. because that's something they can understand right yeah. if there's some big magical guy in the sky throwing lightning bolts okay that explains in a weird way it. that ex that makes more sense that's more reasonable right than, right yeah, we don't know yet yeah so in in a way you can't explain things now it's no different uh than having a god that created the big bang or something you know except you know yeah. again the, this is what going back to your question uh we were taught that god created man i i'm pretty convinced now that man creates created god and continues to reinforce god for things that they don't understand mm. until they do until they understand them yeah do you, are you would you say you're certain of that like is, is your view there's no way god exists or you say hey, listen it's possible listen but it just i'm now not certain of the only thing two things i'm certain of and you know what they are death and taxes right yeah so, <laughs> so beyond that i'm not certain about anything yeah. okay no, but, I get it. You know, you got to live your life by certain uh, understanding of things because it goes back to what we were saying. Um, the more uh, I can live uh, a life based on truth, as much as I might not like to hear it, you know, you might like to, you know, if you, um, I'm getting old and the fact is uh, my body's breaking down. I had a hip surgery uh, two years ago. I would like to deny the fact that I'm getting old, <laughs> that, you know, I get aches and pains and stuff like that. But the less that, you know, I could, you know, color my hair, right? If yeah. I don't like the gray. Um, but the more that I could accept the realities of life, you know, the, here's an example. Um, the more that I can accept the fact that I'm going to die, the better I can be prepared for it. I can get my will together. Mm -hmm. I can, you know, do things that I need to do. So uh, if I got hit by a truck tomorrow, um, I would have my bases covered about that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. If you live in denial about things or don't want to accept the truth about things, uh, it's going to come back to bite you, I think. Not in, not in every case, but it could. The, yeah. the odds if you've increase. got a gambling problem and you want to deny that you've got a gambling problem and you do the, the betting on the football all the time, eventually, uh, not in every case, but you're you know talking about betting. Uh, the odds are that that's going to come back to to screw you up somehow. Yeah. So let me ask you maybe a philosophical question that's that's very relevant to what we're talking about, though, right? I, I heard somebody. I don't remember what it was. I don't remember if I was talking to somebody or podcast or something. But I heard somebody making a point that um, everybody is taking a leap of faith and buying into an ideology for life, even if it's not a religious one, even if it's not based in God or faith, um, even, even for you, right? There, and that's in many ways the reason why I do the show. What's the value, right? Everything, all, all of us are making decisions underpinned by something that's driving us. So even if you consider yourself non-religious, non-spiritual, whatever it might be, in some ways, there's a lot of similarities between the religious person. Theirs is maybe just more clear cut. They, they've said, there's a God. Here's the rules that I live by. Here's the way that I live. And I buy into that. And that's my version of the truth. Other people maybe that aren't religious or spiritual, they buy more into science, or as you mentioned, the History Channel, different shows you watch. But even in all that, none of us know for sure. So we're still relying on other people. We're still buying into a culture and ideology of what's important in life. And for some of us, it's not God. It's not religion. It's just something else. 
so in some ways we're, we're doing the exact same thing. We just, we have different North stars that guide us. Do you see it that way? Or do you think there's, to put it bluntly, there's something fundamentally wrong with the way people that believe in religion think that. I don't think we are doing it the exact same way. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't uh, buy into your premise okay. on that. That's yeah, yeah. your, that's your premise. That's yep. your interpretation. Yep. Yep. Uh, that we all, everything, we're all equal and we just have different perspectives. Um, I mean, some people believe in science, some people don't. Okay. So um, to me, that's just not a leap of faith. The more, the more that you things that you have that are based on facts, science and facts, the less faith you need. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. I do. My, my, if I, if I, if I stand on the edge of a building yep. uh, and I, believe in gravity <laughs> right. i am going to i don't i don't need to wonder what's going to happen when i step off the edge of that building it's true i wonder though i know for a fact i know for a fact based on science that i will fall I wonder though, is it okay if we, much like with religion where we don't really understand it and we can't get to the root level of, of why or what it is or know for sure. I only speak for myself, maybe you're the same. I can't explain gravity. I have a general sense of it, but I, I, don't, I, can't, I can't run the physics on it and explain exactly how well, it works. that's because you're not a scientist. Well, right, so that's where that leap of faith comes in though a bit. I, I get it, we can prove it out to some extent, but a lot of what, I think the, the, the idea of that premise I was bringing up before is that a huge majority of our lives are based on knowledge that we actually don't have or can't prove. It's just something that we've kind of been told. And again, science is- a, Or haven't the spent the time, spent the time to investigate. If you mm. really wanted to understand these things that you say you can't prove, you would have to invent, be willing to invest the time to understand the science and the premises that that, that truth is based on. Right. And, and, and I don't need I don't need to uh, understand the science of gravity. But wouldn't wouldn't somebody be able to say there's an inconsistency there when it comes to religion, understandably and arguably rightfully so. There's this view of like, no, no, no. If it doesn't make sense, if I can't understand it, then I don't buy it. But with gravity or science, there's this sense of um, even if you haven't spent the time to actually understand how gravity works, we still accept it and believe it. And maybe there's some other force at play that we can't explain that's actually different than we thought. Maybe it is God's hand. We don't know, right? Somebody might say there's an inconsistency. Wait, 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 wait. What, what did you just say? We don't, maybe it is God's hand. We don't know. What, well, what did you for, just for say? you or I, again, I'm making an assumption on you. Maybe you can, but for, for, let's assume you can't. For you or I who aren't physicists, you can't explain gravity. We, we believe in gravity, but we don't, hold maybe the same level of scrutiny to it that we would with religion. And again, I'm speaking for myself as much as you. This isn't just putting you on the spot. So I'm, I'm actually thinking about okay. this for myself as I say it. There may be an inconsistency of how much skepticism and scrutiny I put on quote unquote science versus religion. Now, there might be good reasons for that, right? Maybe there's a scientific method and we see some of that play out. But if I'm being honest, I've never done that work. I've never really dug in to understand, to prove out how gravity works or why it works or why it is what it is, how I believe it. Are we okay with that? Are we okay with the fact that maybe we are more skeptical of religion than we are of, of science? Maybe, and maybe I'm looking at it totally wrong, but. Well, I, listen, I, Terry, I can't speak for we and the sure, population and yeah, everyone. Yeah, sure. For yourself. You know, this is, this is every, to each their own. Some people are curious, like you said, what are the values that you live by? 
I, I like, I'm a curious person. I don't know if that's a value. It's a personality trait. I like to understand things. I like when I, including people just like you, mm-hmm. I like to know what makes someone tick. I, you know, when someone presents themselves to me, um, you know, that's interesting, but how people present themselves uh, is only that it's just mm-hmm. how they present themselves. It, it, it doesn't really tell me uh, in, in many cases, unless I start asking questions about what makes them tick. So I'm always curious and you know, you're a good, good, good example. You started this podcast. I'm, I'm really curious to know about you. I actually did a search on you to figure sure. out who is this guy that's like <laughs> doing these podcasts every two days. Does he have a freaking job? <laughs> you know, does he, what, what is he doing? Well, so, it's, it's funny. The answer to that in many ways is the conversation we were just having is I, I I'm trying to understand it too. Right. And, and I guess I'm ultimately trying to understand my own mind. And, and again, that, that last conversation is a perfect example of it because I, I can easily go about my day. And I have for much of my life saying uh, I believe in science and, and I go with science and there's kind of a peace and a comfort in that. And when it comes to the topic of religion, I'm, maybe God's real, maybe, maybe they're not, but it's hard for me to believe it because there's not enough facts or understanding of it. And, and then I start to notice that potential, potential inconsistency where again, back to it, I say, I've never done the work to fully understand a lot of the science that I live by every single day of my life. A lot of the things that I believe I'm supposed to do or should do, yet I do them. So can I really say that I'm that different or far removed from somebody who is so deeply driven by religion, right? Because I'd say, well, how could they do that? They, they don't even, how could they even believe that that's real? There's nothing that proves it to them, but nothing's really proved it to me on the other side either. And that potential inconsistency just fascinates me. And it makes me want to have conversations to see what else don't I know? What else don't I understand? Um, and right. and the more, you, the more you, at least with me, the more I learn, the more I realize I, I don't know mm. in a way, do you know what I'm saying? Because but is that true? Or do we just say that? Right. I wonder that often. Again, I'm saying this well, for myself. There's infinite else. amount of things in the world to, to know and understand. You can never do it in multiple lifetimes, true. understand everything there is to know. But do we act in accordance with that, right? Back to what we're saying here. And and this may just be the reality of it, and it may be fine, but I'm just kind of following the thread. We say, because I say it too, right? Um, There's so many things I don't know, and and I'm kind of okay with that. And I realize that the more I learn. But there are so many things in a given day that we act, we, we take for granted, that we act as if we are certain about them, right? Gravity is a perfect example of one. Um, there's other things like that that we could talk about. Is that okay? Like, are, well, are we just let, acting let me, out of convenience? Me, yeah, it's okay not to understand, be able to scientifically explain why gravity is gravity. Uh, you why? know, to me, that would be a waste of my time. But time why is, is it too- okay? And I ask this genuinely, it sounds like I'm, it may sound like I'm being difficult and I don't mean to be, I just think it's super interesting. Why is it okay to not understand exactly how gravity works and prove it to yourself that it's real, but with God, it seems like there's a different- Well, parameter. again- I can't speak for everyone, Terry. I can speak for myself. Just for you. Yeah, just for you. Yeah. Just for you. Yeah. Um, all I need to know is that if I step off the ledge of that building, I'm going to die. Mm. That That's enough for me to know. Concrete enough. I yeah. don't need to understand the scientific calculations that define, that give a better explanation of gravity, other than to know what the result will be if I step off the ledge of that building. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's uh, For me, that's enough. Yeah. Life is too short to, to be able to explain why gravity will, will make me fall. 
Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. On the other hand, on the other hand, if I'm living my life based on a belief in God, that covers everything that I do. Everything that I do, how I live my life, because I'm basing it on, in some cases, going to heaven or not, or doing, you know, doing, doing all that stuff. That's a, that's a pretty big thing. So that's why I'm not going to spend my limited time being able to articulate to you what gravity is versus uh, uh, because no one's going to ask me that question. Mm. No one's going to wonder. This is not a, po- a thing that human beings are pondering. Gee, what the hell is gravity? Mm. You know, Galileo did that and he explained it in 1520 or whenever he did. Um, but you know, now a lot of people are questioning God is because it's, it's a foundation of how people live their lives in general every day. Yeah, no, I get it. And, and I think you're right. And I think to your point, right, everybody's different. For some people, back to your point, you know, if you step off the ledge, you die, that's enough for you. For some people, they say, I, I, I live a life in alignment with whatever their religious beliefs are, or their faith, and it works for them. They feel happier, they feel better, Fine. In much the Fine. same way. It's great, right? I don't care. The question that I think is interesting is, is there a risk? And I'm not saying we're doing this, we as a society, but is there a risk of overcompensating, overindexing, and skewing too far the other direction to, to buy into, um, to go away from God, which may make sense, um, but then you start trusting other things as implicitly, and maybe it creates new problems, maybe, I don't know. An example of that, maybe as we're coming towards the end, because I, I do want to touch on this, is Part of the reason why I find this so interesting, you know, understanding why, and maybe gravity is not the best example is, again, back to your old field of, of marketing. Our minds are such that we, I think we seek to want to believe things. We want to, we want stories that make sense. We want the comfort of knowing there's a narrative that's cohesive and ties together. And I think you'll be able to articulate this much better than me. In some ways, what marketing is meant to do is to tap into that. Like, where can we figure out how to tell a story that's going to resonate and get people to be moved in some way, to be influenced, to ultimately make a purchase often or not. But there's so much risk in that, that I see, right? And there's hundreds of examples, I'm sure you could say better than I, of where marketing, or, or if you take it to a further extreme propaganda, can really hurt people in a lot of ways. And that's why that critical thinking becomes so important, understanding why. How do you reconcile that when you think about your old yeah, job? I think religion, I think, I think religion, not all religions, but the hardcore religions are a good example sure. of, of how they've hurt people because there are many, many, it, it really becomes borderline cult. Mm. You look at some of these religions, Scientology, uh, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, hardcore evangelicals. I mean, these really hardcore, if you, I don't know how much you know about any of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Uh, I'm not an expert by any means, but. Yeah, but if you watch uh, Leah Remini's uh, uh, HBO series on Scientology, uh, you see how scary and cultish Scientology is. And many religions, Christian religions, the hardcore ones, um, I think Mormonism is considered a Christian religion. and again, there's all different flavors of Mormonism, um, but uh, you realize how cult-like, and you know the, the reason. And cults work. I mean, if you understand how cults work, they're they're based on very. You look at any different multiple cults, they all follow certain things. Many of them, I think, in every case, are based on fear tactics. They use fear tactics. Uh, and that's basically what hell, that's what, why I think in my opinion, 
the concept of hell was created because that was used to scare the crap out of people. Maximize the fear. So they conformed to what the, the priests and ministers and rabbis and all those people told you to do. And it's a way of controlling people, I believe. Yeah, it gets back to what I, what I, I didn't know we were going to go here in the conversation. And again, as we come towards the end, but I can't help but think of this thread throughout around <clears throat> consistency versus inconsistency. Because as you're saying that, I think you're totally justified and right to ask those questions of religion and, and, and perhaps they are cults and, and to look at it in that way, given how they do it. I think a lot of people might, well, maybe not, let me not say a lot of people. I might say, if we look at corporations, if we look at social media platforms and tech companies today, in some ways, you can make an argument that something similar is happening. We're being, possibly, right, not to be a conspiracy theorist by any means, but there is a lot of of effort, right? Human effort, this, this movement to get us to use more technology, use our phones, be on our phones more, use more social media, all those types of things. And somebody could look at those two things, right? The religion aspect and that aspect and say, again, they're not all that different. They're very different in some ways, but in some ways no. it's people trying to exploit other they're people. Based on marketing. I think religion is based on marketing just as well as Much any of product life is, right? Almost or service. Everything in life is. Yeah. Every, I think is. You, your podcast is. Okay, I mean, yeah. I assume you want to market your podcast. It's honestly a debate I have in my head. I swear I think of this all the time. And this isn't me just trying to sound altruistic or virtue signaling. Because I think of this so much, I often think like, should I care about getting this more popular? Like if there's a way in which I could do something on Instagram <laughs> to get a thousand more followers tomorrow, should I do that? Like, or is there something wrong in that? Because it's not letting the truth really tell the story. As soon as you use marketing, you can make what is argument. it? Whoa, 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 whoa. It's yeah. not letting the truth tell the story. I don't know what that means. Yeah. So let me, so what I mean by that is there's the content of this show, right? There's this conversation we're having in the other. It should just organically, just you're saying just organically, people yeah, should stumble there's a, there's on it. There's an argument to be made that as soon as you start marketing it, your, your objective shifts. The objective isn't here's what I believe in. Here's what I have to say. If you like it and you think there's value, you'll consume it. If you don't, you won't. The objective right. starts to be like, I want you to consume it regardless. I want to try and convince you to consume it versus just letting the content. No, no, the not necessarily consume it, uh, Terry, but know about it. That's a, yes, that's a big wrinkle. You, you know, that's, that's what advertising, I mean, uh, my feeling is that whatever you have, if you think it's worthwhile, if you think your podcast is sure. any good, don't you want people to know about it and have the opportunity to listen to it? I do, but I do, but, and, and this is not deep, like this, this isn't firm belief, but I do, but I think it's such a thin line and a slippery slope from where you go from, I want people to know about it till you start trying to convince people of it. And e even in my own head, there's this question of, well, why do I want people to know about it? Because I think I know better than them because I think I have like, it starts to get into this philosophical realm of you believing you know something that other people don't know and they need to get this. And that starts to mess with my head a little bit, if I'm being honest. The whole idea well, of Well, they saying, don't need to get it. I mean, again, I, sometimes I think you think too much. Definitely possible. <laughs> Almost <laughs> certainly possible. You know, um, and listen, before we end this podcast, I want I want you to mention my my uh, documentary because yeah. that's one of the reasons um, I I'm I'm seeking people out because I do think my documentary is worth watching. Yeah. Um, and you watched it, sure. so I rather rather than me as the creator of it tell people. I'd be curious to know if you think it's worth watching. Yeah, I mean, there's very few things I don't think are worth watching because I think all input is good. But yes, I think if you have an interest 
in in religion and kind of understanding people's different relationships with it. Um, what I found particularly interesting about the documentary, one, I think it was, um, it did a good job of kind of tracking over time, different events that were happening outside of your direct experience at your church, but other things that were influencing you to question more and think more. 9-11, I know, was one of the events in there that you kind of spoke about. Um, so I think just from like a um, being interesting, following that journey and how that progressed and evolved for you was super interesting. The other thing I found really interesting about it was, as we talked about before, it starts right at the beginning, as you said, even you questioned church from a very early age, but you stuck with it for so long. And you even did marketing for the church. I found that really interesting. And, I, and this isn't an indictment on you. And I think you got into it in the documentary a bit. But that grappling you must have had to say, I'm seeing these things and I'm questioning it, right? There was one point where you were at like a Bible study session and you asked a question and people didn't like that. And I think you got kicked out of the group after that. But even still, there was still some connection to the church. And, and I found that really interesting because I think it speaks to the complexity of this and the nuance of this. I think a lot of people, as you said before, might read a description of this podcast, read a description of your documentary, hear a bit of this and say, maybe, oh, this guy's an asshole, right? He, he's anti-church, he's anti-religion. He, he's, he's, he's trying to spread a word that's against what we believe in. And I don't think that's true. I, I think the documentary shows that you actually grappled with this for a long time and maybe still are to an extent. Um, and that's what I valued about it a lot. It wasn't just, you know, a hit piece to say the church is bullshit and I never believed it. And here's why it's real. There's a realness to it of how you struggled with it. And I think that's interesting. Well, thank you for uh, explaining that, because I, I know that there are going to be people uh, I don't we haven't mentioned the title of the documentary. I don't know if you're going to be including it in your yeah, show yeah, notes. Absolutely. absolutely. Uh, but but the title I came up with is Leaving God, Why I Left God and Why So Many Others Are Too. Yep. Um, I, I wish I had a different uh, uh, subhead for that, because um, it's really about why Americans Hmm. Uh, are are leaving when I say why we are leaving God. I guess I guess I implied that, um, but it it my motivation for making this film and people the, the problem as you pointed out, a lot of people who are Christian are going to just just by the very title leaving God, are going to think that it's assume that it's a hit piece. And that's a little but, bit of that marketing, not to to cut you off, but that marketing we spoke about that I fear because. And I, again, I'm not saying it in a negative way towards you, but you wanted people to watch it. I'm sure it's a provocative title, Leaving Which God. Which is why I wish I had a different tagline yeah. that kind of uh, addressed the Leaving God yeah. That's um, the tricky a little bit better, yeah. a little bit better than that. But uh, again, it, 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 and I attempted to do that by simply saying, this is a, um, a, a document, a documentary based on um, a lot of qualitative research from really... Um, uh, respected sources. Not this is an, an not an opinion piece. It's it's a it's a documentary based on re the research and analysis that I've done about what's what's happening. Uh, because as a curious person, I wanted to know. And uh, the 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 thing that really prompted me that would did the tipping point for me to make the film was when I learned that it wasn't just uh, many people who grew up with a. Uh, training of Christianity or religion, but now a lot of priests and ministers are coming out, so to speak, yep. as, as non-believers. So when I, and, and that phenomenon is a fairly recent phenomenon. So when I stumbled on that CNBC clip 
of that minister being interviewed and on, I think it was 2012, where on air, uh, he was asked if he believed anymore. And he basically came out during this interview on air. I said, I don't know where this documentary is going, but that's how it's going to start. Mm. That's mm. going to be the opening 60 seconds of this guy being interviewed, because I thought that was pretty freaking amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a very, I mean, uh, an entire documentary can and, and may have already been made specifically, specifically <laughs> on, <laughs> on this phenomenon about priests and ministers, because that's a very interesting yeah. uh, story to tell. Yeah. Well, and exactly as you said it, as you hit it there, I think there's an interesting component to it, which is, you know, how factual is, is the church, the Christian church and that whole story of it. But I think what I found particularly interesting was more the individual psychology of people that have been through what you've been through, which is grew up in a time where you just didn't question, you went through it. And now as the internet's come out and more information's come out, how they're grappling with that. And some people are choosing to leave and some aren't and kind of how all that plays out. I think that psychological aspect of it is, is super interesting. And I, I think back to that statement I made before about the truth should be the story. I think in the documentary, in many ways, that's 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 that, right? You're trying to get to the truth, but you're trying to lay it all out and lay out what your experience was. You're not trying to tell people they shouldn't believe in God or they should. You're saying, hey, this is what it was for me. And I think that's important because that makes people think, it makes people question more. And that seems like it can't be a bad thing. Oh, and the other thing, it prevents criticism because people say, I don't agree. What I'm saying is not a debate. Yeah. I, I'm basically saying this is my experience. So, you know, I'm just talking about it, for the viewers who haven't seen it, not only do I document what I said earlier about this phenomenon, this shift that's happening in America that more and more Americans, including priests and ministers, are now uh, identifying themselves as having no religious affiliation. It's called the nuns, N-O-N-E-S. Mm -hmm when you fill out the survey about what, what religion you are, it's now up to 29% uh, of Americans, which is not that long ago, it was only like 7%, you know? Um, so it's really quickly moving in that direction, which is interesting to me. So I documented that, that's not up for debate. That's done by Pew Research, which is one of the, 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 the top research companies in the world. Uh, and then I just weaved in my personal story to go along with that because I qualify as one of those people who have detached from religion. So um, what was the goal, John, of the documentary? Back to what we were saying before. Is it is it that you had information that you think it's important for people to hear and then they'll make their own decisions? Or was it meant to be more The goal of the documentary is talk about something, a, a, a major cultural shift that's happening right now in America. Uh, and that some people may know about, but probably many more people don't really know about. And why do you think it was important for them to know about it? Because it deals with one of the biggest themes in life, which Impacting is God. Their life. It goes back yeah. to what it's talking about. It's how many people, um, there are very few people that I, I know or can think of or imagine that the idea of God hasn't touched their life in some way. So um, I figured if I was going to make a documentary, there's so many wonderful, wonderful documentaries that are very well produced that no one gives a shit about. Sure. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I made this documentary sitting in this chair, basically, <laughs> you know, it, it's what I call a desktop documentary. And yet I think in big part because of the theme of, of the, the subject matter in the title, which is a, a little bit um, 
of a lightning rod with a title like that. Um, it got picked up, unbeknownst to me, I still don't know how it got picked up by topdocumentaryfilms.com. And it has now been seen by 36,000 people from 98 countries. Wow. And as a result, um, because the other good thing about it is the theme of it is not getting old. Um, because more and more people, because this cultural shift that I just referenced is, is picking up speed. Um, as time goes on, it's only going to be more and more of a topical thing to discuss. So um, I'm going to be interviewed in the next few months. I'm going to be interviewed on nine more podcasts talking about it's a this. conversation that people are having. Yeah. Yeah. They want to hear because about it's, it. it's, it's a cultural thing that's relevant right now. And it's, uh, you know, any, any podcast that deals with themes to deal with culture or, or, or philosophy or anything are going to consider having the, the me on as a guest. Yeah. Well, listen, John, I, I, I appreciate you being on as a guest. Um, I appreciate the documentary that you made, and I definitely will put the link in there for people to check it out. Um, and I think, again, I appreciate this conversation because I think it's, I think it's what you were trying to get to. You want more people talking about things like this, thinking about it again, they'll make their own decisions, but, um, questioning, trying to work through this, even as we did here, right. There's a couple of times like, wait, what do you mean by that? And well, is this okay? Is that okay? These are the questions I think we have to be having and thinking about the deep philosophical values that drive our lives, just like God being one of them. So I thank you for, for being on and the work you did, John. And I think people will find it uh, really interesting. So thank you. Thank you a lot. Well, thanks for having me on as a guest. And uh, let me know if you decide to market your show. Maybe I could give you some hey, tips. Hey, I will. I will. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Okay. Thanks, John. Okay.